Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Golden of Jets X Factor. I got my co-host, Lamont Jordan, here with me, former Jet running back himself. We got some pretty big news in the summer. Not often do we get some news happening in July in the NFL, but we had a pretty big trade go down. I believe it was yesterday or this morning. I can't keep track anymore. Uh, With Baker Mayfield, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, after months and months of speculation and arguments, uh, has taken his time down to Carolina, following in the footsteps of Sam Darnold the year before. Uh, We now have the first overall and third overall picks in the 2018 draft in the same quarterback room in Charlotte. Uh, Lamont, as a former player, uh, it's bounced around. You know, the NFL played for a couple of different teams. You know, how could you imagine Baker Mayfield's feeling right now? And more importantly, how could you imagine Sam Darnold is feeling? Um, I think Baker Mayfield is happy. I mean, you yeah. know, he, he, he's happy. You know, he has DJ Moore down there. Um, you know, he has McCaffrey down there. You know, he has some he has some things to work with down there. Um, and he's leaving a team that that didn't want him. <laughs> so for him, he's starting over thinks an opportunity to go from Cleveland to Carolina just in general Carolina's just you know I just love Carolina and so um I think it's a good pickup for Carolina actually I really do think that it's a good pickup for them um if you're Sam Darnold um you know what can you say to be honest with you I mean <laughs> you know you know does have you performed in a way that anybody should be concerned with, with, with how he feels? It's very simple. You have two guys that um, definitely have finished or their careers are definitely not going the way a lot of people anticipated, especially those two. You get a chance to compete it out for your future. It's just that simple. You have two, you said it, you have two first round picks from the same draft top three picks. In the same room, um, they're playing for their future. It's very simple. One of you is is going to be in a position to be the quarterback in Carolina for the next possibly three or four years. The next one, you know, who knows what the future holds? You're holding a clipboard. So um, it's going to be interesting down there. I'm going to pay attention to what's going on down there with that whole quarterbacking situation. Yeah, they got a, they're going to have a fun little competition now to watch and keep track of as training camp gets started and we get through the preseason to see how both of those guys look. Because as much as I definitely think Baker Mayfield is by far the more talented quarterback, and if you're looking at them in a vacuum, I would take Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold 10 out of 10 times. But I'm not so sure this is going to be a Baker walks in and takes the job immediately situation. One, because he's still coming back from an injury. And while I'm sure he's more healthy now, there is a little bit of acclimation period. And there is that little bit of coming back from being hurt when you're playing and you're healthy and trusting your body to be healthy and play like you're healthy and not play like you're still hurt. On top of that, he's joining this team late and he's going to have to catch up with the playbook real fast Mm -hmm. where this is going to be Sam Darnold is under a different offensive coordinator than what he started with in Carolina. They had Joe Brady to start at the beginning of the year. They fired him. They're now running with Ben McAdoo, who's the former Giants head coach. Um, And Sam Darnold's had all off season to get in this playbook. Sam Darnold's had all year to 
probably have some similar things that McAdoo carried over from Brady and vice versa. Baker Mayfield's coming in blind. And the Ben McAdoo offense is a lot more West Coast oriented than what Baker Mayfield is coming from Cleveland, which is wide zone Rams, San Francisco, more. It's still West Coast, but more modern West Coast, where Ben McAdoo is more of the true West Coast passing concepts, three, five step, seven step drops. Everything is tied to timing. And Baker's system is more run game oriented, play action, pass off of it, scheme up your matchups. Slight variations, but enough to where I think when you're coming in in July, as opposed to when you're getting the playbook in January, that it's going to be a a bit of an acclimation period. I'm still expecting him to win the job outright. And everything we've seen from Carolina so far is that it will be a competition uh, and that they're not just going to hand him the job immediately. And I do expect him to win that competition, but I don't think it's going to be immediate. I think there is going to be a little bit of a wet Baker get comfortable and I just don't think there's going to be enough Donald can do after that happens for him to compete. Yeah. <clears throat> Sound like to me, it's Sam Donald's job to lose that he's going to come in that right now it really he, should be. I mean, you know, he's the front runner. He's been there longer. Um, and Hey, let's face it. You know, Cleveland's success offensively was based on those two monsters that they had in that backfield and that offensive line. That offensive line. So, you know, as far as a, a number of people are concerned, Baker Mayfield still has to prove himself as a franchise quarterback. And I think both of them right now, you, you know, in this situation, both of them have pressure on them. So how are you going to handle the pressure? Like if you're looking, if, if you're looking to prove that you're a franchise quarterback for both of them with the way their careers are going right now, this is a great opportunity for them both. To, to to prove prove their worth you know it's just, it's, it's just that simple you you have weapons down there all right i mean you're playing against the atlanta falcons who are rebuilding you're playing against new orleans saints who you know we don't know what's going on down there and you're playing against the tampa bay buccaneers and so if you can't put your team in a position as two former first round draft picks, then you're just not ready for the, for the, for the NFL. And, and one of these quarterbacks, you know, at the end of this year, it's like, Hey, (laughs) clock is ticking and it's about to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying not to be too harsh, but that's just what it is for one of these guys. You're going to be the starter for the other guy. um, You know, you know, good luck. Or it's a situation where Carolina's picking in the top three next year, and both of these guys are just <laughs> just bust. And, so, and um, that's the that's the situation that I'm not so sure that anyone has actually like sat and thought about yet, because we're either assuming it's going to light a fire under Darnold, and this is going to somehow make him wake up and understand NFL defenses for some reason mm-hmm. and it's going to turn him into a franchise quarterback or it's going to be the Baker Mayfield revenge tour and he's going to come back on fire and healthy and prove the Browns wrong for going and trading for Deshaun Watson and saying they needed somebody else mm-hmm. and in all honesty there's a very very likely scenario which is both of them fail <laughs> and and the Panthers are are either drafting a quarterback very high next year or they're giving Matt Corral a shot who they drafted this year. Let's not forget that that they just drafted a quarterback too. 
that they had Sam Darnold and they drafted Matt Corral and I believe the third or fourth round, which mm-hmm. isn't a, oh, he's guaranteed to start. He's going to walk in and take a job draft pick. But mm-hmm. that's a, especially for a high profile guy like Matt Corral for a team that needs a quarterback, you're hoping they get on the field at some point. You're mm-hmm. hoping that you got a, you know, a steal of somewhat. And this guy that a lot of people said could have been a first round pick at the beginning of his career or a year before you get in the third round, you know, that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you had mentioned a point I want to expand on where you were talking about like time running out. And, and it made me think of a quote from Michael LaFleur actually, uh, and the Jets just did their documentary series for the off season called flight 2022. Uh, it's on YouTube. It was fantastic. Five parts. Any Jets fans should watch it a hundred times between now and September. Uh, but in that they had an interview with Michael LaFleur and he was talking, he said this more than once where he mentioned players and young players getting acclimated quickly and succeeding and performing. And he said, the NFL doesn't wait. It doesn't. The league doesn't wait. It, you have to put up or shut up. And while the the age of young players growing and learning is definitely not dead, and we're seeing it ourselves as Jets fans with such a young team and young players were expecting to take strides after not playing so great to start, but the NFL doesn't wait. And so for you, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, both of these guys have had four years. That's that's a long time in the NFL yep. to, to wait on success. No, most guys aren't getting that luxury. And the only reason these guys are is because they're quarterbacks and they were top three draft picks mm-hmm. where if you were a, a third round wide receiver from, from no name state and it's four years into the, your career and you're not doing anything, you're probably on your third team by now. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, it doesn't take that long. So we've seen these guys already get moved off their original teams. Now they're both in Carolina. One of them is going to win this job. How much that is going to say about their future, I can't say. Mm-hmm. But Carolina is going to have a really interesting offseason because this is either going to be a really, really sneaky success and because they do have skill talent, and I love their skill talent. I love DJ Moore. I, Christian McCaffrey, when he's healthy, is fantastic. I think their offensive line got better this year. They drafted Ike McQuanu sixth overall. They signed some guys in free agency. You know, they have other talent. Robbie Anderson's there. Terrace Marshall's an underrated receiver. They got a bunch of guys that can win offensively. They just need the quarterback to put it all together. Mm-hmm. If that happens, I could see it being a solid offense. But my gut tells me that it, even at best, it's going to be average from whoever wins the job. And I still think that'll be Baker. Uh, even that said, I think Baker will be average. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I try not to play the high side that both these guys are going to fail. But, you you know, it is something that we have to look at because of their body of work. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Sam Donald, you know, hey, we know what he went through in New York. All right. But this is his, what, second year in Carolina? Yes, you have a new offensive coordinator. That means, as far as I'm concerned, all three quarterbacks are coming in on a kind of on an even playing field. Sam Darnold has an advantage because he's been there longer. Corral just got drafted. Um, Baker just got traded. But, you know, when you talk about the time running out, if I'm at Corral, I'm in the best position possible because I'm going to get an opportunity to see how not to do it. I'm going to get an opportunity to learn where I'm not being rushed and thrown into the fire. He gets a chance to learn this offense. He has two guys who are fighting for the starting position. 
So this is easily a situation where if you're Carolina, you kind of hope that one of these guys works out so that you don't have to play Corral. He gets an opportunity to kind of go through this first year, kind of almost like a, um, um, what's my boy, Patrick Mahomes situation. Yep. You just have a year where you just sit back, you learn the offense, you get a chance to watch some guys, you play some preseason games, we'll let you be Tom Brady when we have to play him. Um, things of that situation with, you know, and then the year after that, then he's able to go. If you're Carolina, that's the best case scenario. But this situation is definitely one worth, worth watching. I mean, because this is a legit quarterback competition. You hear it all the time. Oh, this is a competition. No, this is a legit quarterback competition right here. hundred percent. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And it's like you said, it's not often that you see those in their actual real quarterback competitions, more so than just in name for the media. Like the Jets said, they were having a competition for quarterback last offseason. They took Zach Wilson second overall. They didn't sign anybody else to play quarterback except Joe Flacco, but it's an open competition. Absolutely. We traded Sam Darnold in March to not know who our quarterback is in the summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this isn't that. This is a, a full-blown, we are not going to know our starting quarterback until probably week three of the preseason. Exactly. And, and whoever is the better guy in the summer is going to be the starter. And you brought up something with Pat Mahomes in regards to Matt Corral that I love, and it was something I wanted to expand on. On top of Matt Corral being able to see what not to do from guys that are very clearly <laughs> fighting for their jobs and fighting for their NFL lives, you're going to see what it's like to be in a serious competition and how the NFL can be cutthroat, and this is your life and your career, and these guys are going to be in the same meeting room every day knowing that they're trying to take money out of the other one's pockets. Mm -hmm. And most importantly for Matt Corral, every time you make a mistake in practice, you get to be the rookie who doesn't know what he's doing yet compared to the four-year vets. When they make a mistake, you're going to look so much better by comparison. Yes. It's going to mean a hell of a lot more when Baker Mayfield doesn't read the, the buzzing safety and throws a pick on a dig route than it is when Matt Corral does it because they're going to say, Baker, you've had four years in the league. You've seen that coverage a hundred times. Mm -hmm. Matt Corral doesn't even know what that's called. Mm -hmm. and, and we're not going to excuse him. So he's going to get that luxury in practice to play as free as he wants. Yep. And that's why the comparison to Mahomes I think is perfect because for anyone who doesn't understand what Patrick Mahomes' rookie year was, it was Andy Reid saying, you're in practice, throw whatever you want. I don't care if you throw picks, see what you can get away with. Mm -hmm. You have this uh, ultimate arm talent. You think you're Superman. Let's find out. You have a year. Throw absolutely anything you want. And I don't care if you're absolutely terrible in practice because we're going to iron out any kinks with you. We're going to find your limitations. We're going to find what you're best at and what you're not good at. And any mistakes you make don't count. So get them all out now. Mm -hmm. Look at what it did for him. Look at what it turned Patrick Mahomes into. I genuinely <laughs> full-heartedly believe as great of a talent as Mahomes is, mm -hmm. I don't think he would be the player that he is first ballot hall of fame trajectory that he's on. If not for that year in the off season under Andy Reed yep. to work out all of his transition and kinks and the gunslinger in him that he still has. Mm -hmm. And that he certainly hasn't lost that year on the bench and that year in practice to just go crazy and do whatever he wanted. I really think prepared him to be the NFL quarterback. He is. And I think it could do something really similar for Matt Corral too. No, I, I think, 
I, I think they're again, not comparing directly. The talent level is not the same, yeah. but they're yeah. both quarterbacks with strong arms who can make plays on the move who are mm-hmm. coming from spread offenses that aren't going to translate to the NFL and mm-hmm. having this year to learn the system, to go through your progressions, to understand the verbiage, and most importantly, to make mistakes in practice and have it not matter, I think is going to do wonders for him. It is. It is. And 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 I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see how this whole thing pans out. And, you know, I played for Kiffin. And so, you know, knowing, knowing what Corral came from down there at Ole Miss, being a player to play for Kiff, I'm really excited to see you know, to see how his game translates in the NFL. I mean, for me, I liked him coming out as a quarterback. The biggest concern for me was mobility. But everything else, I'm just like, hey, I think that this guy can be – he reminds me of a Jared Goff type. That's that's kind of I, – I like that. Yeah, that, I can see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep, natural throwers, easy throwing motion. Ball looks the same every time it's coming out of their hands generally accurate quick yeah quick i see that a lot i could definitely definitely see that i'm like you said i'm interested to see how this goes just Mm -hmm. like last year if (laughs) baker mayfield ends up winning this job they play the cleveland browns week one just like sam darnold played the jets week one last season uh so that'll be some fun tv to watch um and and we'll see what happens with uh with the former jets quarterback Uh, I'll, I'm going to die on the Hill that if the jets had not fired Todd Bowles and kept Jeremy Bates as offensive coordinator, that Darnold would have been fine because Mm -hmm. Darnold was playing great at the end of his rookie season. He, the best he's ever looked mechanically in the NFL was like weeks 12 through 17 of his rookie year. And then they hired Gase and threw it all in the trash. Uh, Mm -hmm. but that's the past. And now we're in a much better situation Mm -hmm. with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala in the helm. And I think that's a good transition to, now us being in the dead period for the 2022 uh, off season, as we await the season to start, we had this fantastic off season. We had a bunch of new player additions come in a bunch of excitement, a bunch of hype. And for one guy in particular, he hasn't really gotten the opportunity to feel that. And that has been Mekhi Becton. And, and I think it's time that, you know, me and you Lamont, what we like to always do, especially yourself as a former player, we always try and give that perspective of the player's side that people may not understand firsthand. And Mm -hmm. so I want to give you the floor here to talk about what it would be like being a player that's doubted by your team. That's got reports coming out of the media saying that the team is unhappy with your performance and your conditioning or, or anything of the sort, just what's it like being on the other side of that lens as the player, knowing that at the end of the day, you're putting in the work that you're supposed to be working on. Well, I I think first and foremost, if you're putting the work in, then you're going to show up in shape. You're going to make, you're going to make the weight limit first and foremost. Um, when you're coming back from injury, you know, it, it can be timely. I, I think sometimes if you're a guy coming back from injury and you're not coming back as fast as another guy has come back, the 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 perception could be that you're not working hard. But when you go through an offseason, especially this dead period right here, where, you know, in a couple of weeks, you know, guys are showing up for training camp. And so if you want the way you attack this as a player is, is you just make sure you show up. I'll never forget this. I will never forget this happened to me in college. Uh, I believe it was my senior year. I'm walking out to the field. And <clears throat> as we're walking out to the field, the head coach comes out and he walks up to me. Ah, I'm coming out to watch you fail. I'm coming out to watch you fail. You know, I just don't think you put the work in. And he was dead serious. You know, he was dead serious. and. I just remember going out there and saying, okay, 
I ran my conditioning test. I passed my conditioning test. And just to rub it in a little bit, I jogged off the field after the conditioning test. All right. And so I say all that to say that if you're coming into a season and you have a bunch of negative talk, whether true or not, the only thing you can do is accept your part as a player. And then when it's time to, to show up for camp, that you show up, you show up in shape, uh, you show up, you make your weight limit. And then you just continue to do that throughout the duration of the season. And so that's the only thing that you can focus on in this period right now is before you leave for training camp, make sure all your business is taken care of. Those guys who are married, who have families are making sure that, hey, you know, dad's about to leave, you know, pop's about to leave. Want to make sure all of those things are taken care of so that while you're in training camp, you can just focus purely on training camp. For some guys, if you're undisciplined in your work habits, you know, you have a choice to make. Do you stay away or do you show up early for training camp just to discipline yourself, yep. to be in the environment? Sometimes that's the best thing that you can do. Yeah, it, it is. Is, is. Yeah, is take yourself out of a negative situation and put yourself in a situation that's going to force you to bunker down and force you to stay focused. And, and I think that, quite honestly, I think that's exactly what Mekhi Becton has done. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people are quite realizing that where step one, what you just said was if you got families and you got things you like that, you got to take care of, make sure they're right, take care of that, get them in order. And that gives you the freedom to go and attack what you need to attack without being distracted of other things going on that you got to handle. Well, Makai mm -hmm. Becton just had his first kid. He was just with his, with his girlfriend, probably soon to be wife in mm -hmm. Dallas, where I'm assuming they are living and was handling that and mm -hmm. had his baby showed up for mini camp, went to mini camp. Now he's back. He's in the break. He's back in Texas. He's training with Duke Manny, whether his trainer. Mm -hmm. And there's videos of him in the facilities, you know, 7 a.m. doing work, making sure that's all good. So step one, get the family in order, made mm -hmm. sure everything was good with his baby, made sure everything was good with the birth of his kid, got his son in order. That's taken care of. Great. Now let's get back to work. We'll go to our mini camp. We'll come home. It's right back to work in with Duke. Let's get in our, our program. We're going to stay on it put himself in a situation where he's not by himself. Mm -hmm. He's not, I'm going to be home and I'll do my workouts at home because I have this new baby, which would be completely understandable for him. No one would think anything less if that's what he wanted to do, but he's still finding his time to get out to the facility and, and, and put the work in. And the last thing I want to mention, I want people to really hear this. The Jets beat doesn't know anything. Don't believe them. Go back and look at their record of what the reporters were saying the Jets were going to do in the draft. They said there's no chance they're taking a cornerback high, let alone at all. They said Drake London's their number one wide receiver. They said they didn't take, they said they weren't taking a running back. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Mm -hmm. They, since Joe Douglas has been in New York, the beat has been clueless. They have no idea what's going on there. So you're telling me that we're going to, see clear evidence of the beat getting fed false information see it be proven to be false in real time mm -hmm. and this is going to be the story we're going to latch on to and believe and not question whatsoever that the reports of Mackay Becton being out of shape and the team being unhappy with him when nothing they've done with any of their moves or additions makes us think that they're an immediate fear of Mackay Becton flaming out of the league they mm -hmm. had every opportunity to take an offensive tackle. They were very aggressive in trade-ups to get players they wanted at other positions. Mm -hmm. If they truly wanted to replace Mekhi Becton, if they were truly scared, 
of him faltering and, and blowing up this offensive line and creating a problem and ruining the development of their second year quarterback that hinges on the success of their jobs, mm-hmm. they would have done something about it. Yeah. yeah. They, they would have, they didn't. So I'm not buying these reports. I'm not buying. I have no reason to buy these reports. I have no reason to believe these reports. I read one. I think it was either this morning or yesterday that was from some ESPN reporter that I don't even think covers the jets uh, frequently saying mm-hmm. he was getting reports that the team was frustrated with Becton and they quote, don't know they're at the end of their rope and they don't know what else to do with his conditioning. And they're worried. He's going to, you know, flame out of the league. No, he's not. We would know. <laughs> we, we would know. The Jets would not just be sitting here going, yep, we're going to have a 400-pound left tackle or right tackle, and he's going to play one of our tackle positions, and Zach Wilson's going to be fine. Let's do it. No. Look at this team. Look at what they do. Look at how they operate. When they have a problem, they aggressively fix it. When they're confident in what they have, they give those guys opportunities to succeed. I haven't seen anything that makes me believe that Mekhi Becton is (laughs) dying out of shape, crazy, 400 pounds, you know, incapable or whatever. This is what I think happened, not to continue on too much of a tangent. The Jets put out a really bad time frame when he was first hurt. And they said this could be a four to eight week injury. And it never was a four to eight week injury. Okay. So everyone got that in their minds. It's a four to eight week injury. Now it's been four to eight weeks and he isn't playing. Why isn't he playing? The Jets saying he's not back yet. He's still getting better. He misses the whole rest of the season. We don't hear anything about it, you know, any progression or anything for months. All we heard was, oh, it'll be a four to eight week injury at the very start. If no one ever says that when he first gets hurt, I don't think this is a problem. Mm -hmm. I think this is, he had a serious knee injury and he's a 370 pound man. It's going to take a while for him to get healthy. Exactly. And it's going to take a while for him to get conditioned. So I'm, I'm not worried about this. I'm glad that as a former player, you can provide that perspective of just put your head down and grind. Cause I think that's what people assume, but you know, in all reality, that's what it is for guys like that. And and I'm fully expecting him to be motivated and come out this season and be the Mackay Becton. We all think he's going to be, I I have no reason to believe otherwise. Yeah. And, and it all comes down to training camp and let's say he shows up to training camp. And if he's not in the best of shape um, at the end of the day, you still have to get through training camp. Like, I'll be the first to tell you, I wasn't always in the best of shape when you report to training camp. And here's my belief when it comes to training camp. Well, this was then. Now, this training camp now, like, there is, listen, listen, if you can't work your way into shape during this training camp, uh-huh. you're beat up and you can't wear pads. And uh, yep. and all you're doing is sprints for, for a so week straight. It's yeah, so hot outside. And, oh, my... <laughs> But when, um, when, you know, during our training camps, like your body was beat up. So it didn't matter. It, I felt like it did not matter how hard you work during the off season. You're going to hit that period in training camp where your body's going to be really sore. You're going to be really tired. You're going to be really fatigued. It's just something that you can't avoid. Now, the guys who put in the work, they tend to work through those things and and everything is just good for them. For some guys, it was it's a struggle. In the beginning of training camp, it's a struggle. I speak for myself. Yep. It's a struggle. But as you continue to go through it, you work your way into shape. And then as you go through the season, you gradually get yourself better. So for him, it's just a matter of just keeping your head down, you know, ignoring the noise, let it go in one ear, 
filter it, hold on to what you have to hold on to, and then let all the rest of that garbage go out your ear. Yep. All right, if somebody gave you a certain time frame to be back and you're not back, you don't you don't let that bother you. You just continue to stay the course. And I agree with you. The way the Jets handle things is they see it face on. They don't try to dodge and tippy toe around stuff. They let right. you know what's going on. And so for me, as a player right now, it's take care of your business at home, continue to work out, show up in shape, make sure you know your plays, go out and execute. It's just that simple. Yeah. And for him, the best part about that is that the playbook hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some, you know, new variations and wrinkles. Obviously, you're never running the exact same playbook year to year. You know, you're going to have your changes to keep things fresh, keep defenses on their toes. But the core of the system and the base of the language and, and mm -hmm. you know, the the bread and butter of this offense, it's the same offense. Nothing's mm -hmm. changing. And, and just as we're expecting Zach Wilson to get comfortable with another year in the offense, that goes for every single player that was in this game last yep. year, offensively and defensively. Yep. It, it's another year of comfort. It's another year of seeing things. And when you're first seeing it in training camp as a rookie and it's completely foreign to you, it's been a year later, you've called it a hundred times throughout the season and through practice, you know, it's a completely different animal. So get in that playbook. I'm sure Makai Becton has been. What else would he have been doing all of this time? Then we do have a problem. Mm -hmm. Then we can turn and say, okay, we have some concerns. If he's not knowing the plays, if he's not familiar with what was going on, when he had a full offseason healthy to learn the plays beforehand. Mm -hmm. And it's not like he never got a chance to, to go out on a practice field and run any of these plays before. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got some experience. He played almost, you know, a half of a game prepared as if he would know the plays beforehand. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not expecting this to be an issue. Uh, I'm, I'm quite literally at the point, and I have been for a while, if the Jets beat says something, I expect the opposite to happen. Mm -hmm. And and the Jets beat has said the Jets are frustrated with Mekhi Becton. So, so in my thought, they're just waiting for him to be back healthy, and they're fully expecting him to dominate. Because exactly. <laughs> I have no evidence to believe anything else. I have exactly. absolutely no evidence to believe anything else. Every Jets fan in the world, let's look at it this way. This is how I want to end real quick, just so people can understand how this team works. Every Jets fan in the world praised Bryce Hall last year because he was solid in coverage. His completion uh, when targeted numbers were really low. His pass deflection numbers were really good. He was overall really solid in coverage. All that's true. Mm -hmm. But as we've talked about a lot on this podcast specifically, that's not what the Jets defense wants. They want ball hawks. They mm -hmm. want guys that get the ball and create turnovers. And that's mm -hmm. not what Bryce Hall does. So what did the Jets do? They paid top free agent money for a corner and so drafted one fourth overall. They said, we need to help our secondary. We're not getting enough turnovers. So that you get the number one ball hawking corner in the draft and the number one ball hawking corner in free agency. Mm -hmm. What did they do at offensive tackle? They drafted one in the fourth round from Louisiana Lafayette. <laughs> when there were options, because we talked about it on right. the Right. Um, when they could have had the best, yeah. when they could have had the pick of the litter at offensive tackle, fourth overall, anyone they wanted. And they said, no, we need a corner more. And then it got to the 10th pick. They could have traded up for one of the tackles that were falling. Like they traded up for Brees Hall or traded up for Jermaine Johnson. No, mm -hmm. we're going to stand pat. We're going to take Garrett Wilson. Oh, the Falcons are taking Drake London. Heck yeah, they are. We can't wait. Yeah. Send <laughs> us Garrett Wilson. You guys thought we wanted him. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. It's not how they work guys. This is a deliberate team. This is a deliberate front office. They're not, they can try and keep their secrets and they do a good job of that. But at the end of the day, they're very smart and logical and looking at things objectively to go, what's our problems? Let's fix them. Offensive yeah. tackle wasn't a problem. They don't need to fix it. 
No, I agree I with know. you. It's comical, I know. It's, it's... You sound like you have been holding that in. You needed to get that. <laughs> it kills me, man. It kills me seeing so many people where it's like it's selective, it's selective belief where they see a random report from somebody that's something that they want to believe. It's, this is truth. This is facts. This inside reporter, you know, it has perfect sources. That same reporter says something that they disagree with and it's now it's fake news. Now we don't know what's going on. And, you know, they have no sources and they're making stuff up. No, it's just as someone in this industry, as someone covering the NFL, I like to try and pride myself on being as real and honest as I can. If I don't know something, I'm not going to say I do. Mm-hmm. And if I notice that people are constantly being wrong, I'm going to make sure the people that listen to me know that because I don't want them getting wrong information. Mm-hmm. It, it, the Jets beat doesn't know what they're talking about. It doesn't seem like anyone covering the Jets knows what they're talking about. And Joe Douglas is very happy with that, keeping it that way. <laughs> like, like that's this is how they want it. This is their, it, all according to plan. Joe yep. Douglas is looking back at the, the offseason of the tweets of the beat reporters and laughing like the choker. Like it is, this is exactly what they want. That's going to do it for me. You're right. I had to get that out. Uh, and I feel a lot better now because I don't have to worry about people or, or anytime anyone says anything, I'll just link them to this episode. And we can be good from there. Hey, hey tell them why you mad, son. Tell them why. <laughs> I mean, you let it go, but hey, we can end on that one. We can definitely, <laughs> definitely end on that one. I mean, look, look, this just lets you uh, know football is in the air and we are right yep. around the corner, man. We are right yep. around the corner. Ten Sundays, but who's counting, right? Hey, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please follow on all social medias uh, at believe underscore in underscore jets on Twitter to follow the show. You can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17. You can find Big Dog over there at Coach Jordan 34. Uh, Make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'll be back real soon with another episode. Go over the Jets offseason even more as we try and get through the slog of the summer as we await what hopefully should be a much better Jets season in 2022. Thank you guys again. We'll see you real soon. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.